this morning, uh, Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting at the first verse. It's kind of an appropriate message for today as we celebrate the freedoms we enjoy in America. Paul writes this, he says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, he says, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's talking about this freedom that we have as Christians, where God sets us free from the destructive nature of sin and makes it possible for us to walk with God and experience God. But he's warning here, you have to be careful even though we've been set free from that, there's people who always want to put you back in chains and come up with all kinds of rules and regulations, religious religious rituals uh, that, if you're not careful, will rob you of your true connection with God. And make no mistake, there's a lot of people today that they think, well, as long as I obey the rules, you know, they go to church on such and such time, and they make sure they're baptized, and they did this and that, and they think, and they go to church twice a year, whether they need it or not. And, uh, and they think, well, that'll do it. You know, as long as I follow the rules, but they're, they're missing the point. It's not about the rules. It's about walking with God and truly knowing God. You can do all the rules that any church can come up with. And still split hell wide open. Because it's not about the rules and regulations. It's about walking with God. Knowing God and experiencing God in your life. That is true Christianity. And he warns that there's people who always want to pull you back into sets of religious rules. Now, this is always kind of a tricky thing. I mean, you need rules of some sort or you just have anarchy. You know, there's rules with the children's ministry, and there's rules with this and that and the other, and guidelines that we follow in churches and stuff like that. This isn't so that you can get saved and know God by following rules, though. I mean, that's what we avoid. These are rules just so that we have decency, and uh, and that, not anarchy. Some rules are obvious, you know, that you don't actually write down. But, you know, for example, you, you shouldn't come to church in Speedos. <laughs> that would that'd be t- terrifying, you know. I mean, we don't actually write this rule, but some things we figure people understand. You know what I'm saying? Some certain decent rules of behavior and stuff. But uh, it's easy to get caught up into religious rules, thinking that if you just follow the rules, you're okay, and we miss the point. Paul talks about it. He says the very next verse, he says, Mark my words. I, Paul. He's being very strong here. Tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Now, when you read that by itself, you go, whoa. Because there's undoubtedly a bunch of guys here who have been circumcised. And don't raise your hand. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you think, oh my gosh, then I, I can't be a Christian. No, no, see, this is, this is a careful thing. What he's talking about is the old Jewish rules and rituals. And he says it, and you get it very clear when you read the thing in context. Uh, you know, it's not just about one thing. It's about all these Old Testament rules. We don't live by that stuff. You can follow all that stuff. See, because there again, they were trying to tell people that you need to obey all these rules and that's how you get to God. God he says, no, if you do this, you'll miss the whole point. Again, it's not about obeying religious rules that get you to heaven. Though you might obey them all perfectly, you can still miss the whole deal. This is about knowing a living God and experiencing him. 
uh, in your life. So don't get caught up in all of that. This is a good example, though, of why you need to read the Bible in context. You know, you could read this one verse and think, you know, half the guys here are going to hell. You know, uh, I had someone who emailed me a couple of weeks ago. Someone had told them about some verse in the Bible that was very obscure and it seemed to imply something. They were all upset. I said, no, no, no. That's not what I meant. I explained it to them. But this is why we need to actually read the Bible in context. Okay? Lots of people read about the Bible. Lots of religious books and stuff. And that's great. But they never actually read the Bible. And there's people who read the Bible but in bits and pieces. They'll read a verse here and hop over in a verse here. And again, that's fine. But at some point, boys and girls, you got to read the thing. You know? You're not going to read it all in one setting. That's a big book. But start in the New Testament and read with the Gospels or this, that. And so just read it in context. You know? It doesn't... And see what they're saying and why they're saying it. Oh, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Other than just cherry-picking things. So don't let people cherry-pick Bible verses and throw you out. I mean, that's why there's so many weird, different religious groups in the world, even that claim Christianity, because they cherry-pick verses. That's where you get these weird cults and stuff, you know, because they just pick little... You can find a bunch of stuff out of context and come up with a whole... all kinds of bizarre things. Again... It's why we need to be careful to read the Bible in the context to find out what they're talking about. So this freedom he's talking about, it's about knowing God. He says in verse 13, he says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, which is a biblical phrase talking about your sinful nature. We're not free so we can sin our little brains out. We're free so that we can serve God That's what it's about, okay? So, now again, rules are fine. Rules are, we should have some decent rules of decorum and stuff. But what he's talking about are rules that people think, if you just follow these rules, you know, what you wear, what you don't wear, what you eat, what you don't eat, you know, God will love you more if you don't eat bacon than if you do eat bacon. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that people get into and always have. Don't get caught up in that kind of nonsense. That's not what Christianity is about, (laughs) <laughs> reminds me we were in uh, Africa and uh, we were on safari not a shooting safari but a camera <laughs> safari by the way did you like my videos <laughs> somebody said who did all that I did it but uh, I'd sit up at night editing those things giggling in bed <laughs> my poor wife couldn't sleep I thought it was hilarious but anyway so we're on this little <laughs> safari Pastor Lathan and his wife Lynn and Deb and I. And it had been a, kind of a neat day because we'd seen these lions and all these different things and stuff like that. So it's pitch black. We're trying to work our way back to our lodge. And I don't know what happened. We startled something or anything. But anyway, this, we got this lion. Not this lion, but this elephant. Big male elephant really mad at us. So he comes charging at this vehicle that we're in. You know, the trunk's going and, and uh, ears. And, and uh, it's like, whoa, oh, yeah, this is not good. So the guy, you know, he backs away from this elephant, which is, that's what you do. They're big. And, uh, uh, but then behind us, was, oh, there's another one behind us. And, and there's, we could hear some other ones out there like, ah! And now, now Lynn... She's behind me, and she's convinced we're all going to die, <laughs> which I found highly entertaining. So I'm giggling hysterically, because we're going to die, we're going to die. You know, it was very funny. So, so now the guide, uh, he starts to freak out, which is bad. 
Okay? You know, it's like when you're in an airplane and the pilot starts to sweat, this is a bad sign for you. Okay? So the guy, he's all freaked out. Now, this guy, you got to know this guy. This guy is, talk about the rules. There are some people that are just crazy about rules. They got to follow every rule to the detail. Watch out for this. They're just picking at these rules all the time. So one of the rules when we first got there, he says, listen, we, because he's very eco-conscious. Can't mess with the ecos. And uh, so he says, the rule is, as we drive through the wild here, we only stay on the appointed path. We cannot drive on the grass. Because if we drive on the grass, it could change the eco-balance. Never mind, there's like 15 gazillion acres of grass out there in the middle of nowhere. But you're just going to stay right on the path. So here we are, it's pitch black. We got one mad elephant there. We got another elephant over there. We got mad elephants around us. And the only way to get out of there is to drive on the grass. <laughs> Lynn's convinced we're going to die. I'm giggling. My wife starts to giggle. You know, and he says, We can't drive on the grass. Drive on the grass. Who cares? Finally, he freaks out. He takes off on the grass. Get away from the stupid elephants. Well, this guy is grief-struck. He has broken a rule. So he calls in to report himself. I'm telling you, there's a million acres of grass out. There's not a way in the world anyone would ever know this guy was on some grass. And he is so crazy about the rules. Later at dinner... He told us, and he was just grief struck by this event. He says to me, he says, have you any idea how many insects we killed today? <laughs> I don't care. Kill them all. Why do I care? I was going to start running through the jungle in a loincloth and a couple of cans of Raid and just kill all the bugs I could. <laughs> I'm going to die from an elephant because he's worried about killing bugs, for heaven's sakes. There's religious people like this. They get caught up on the stupidest things that mean nothing. And that's what Paul's warning about. Don't get all crazy on all these kind of dumb rules that don't mean anything. So he says, talking about our freedom, he says in verse 16, he says, So I say, walk in the Spirit. Now that is a phrase that means to intentionally experience God in your life. To intentionally experience God in your life. Now one of the reasons a lot of people don't really experience much of God is because they're not very intentional about it. They think it just happens automatically just because you're so cute or something. But it doesn't work that way. If you're going to really, really experience God, you do it on purpose. means you actually have to pray. means you actually have to read the Bible. means you actually have to come to church more than Christmas and Easter. Okay? Means you need to really be intentional in your spiritual experience. Because if you will do this, you can start to really experience God in your life. So he says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Talking about the sinful nature. And uh, he goes on to explain. He says, look, the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. The Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. They don't like each other. They don't like each other. And I don't know if you've noticed this at all. 
But have you felt this in you? There's part of you as a Christian, you really want to do the right thing. But at the same time, there's part of you that really wants to do the wrong thing. Okay? It's not like you're possessed. Okay? Or schizophrenic. It's just that this is normal. We all have this in us. There's this pull. There's this war that goes on in all of us. The real question for you is who's going to win the war in your life? And what Paul says, if you're going to win this the right way, you have to be intentional about your faith. So he says, these are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Christianity is not a green card to do anything you want to do. There's people who think like this. Don't matter, I believe in Jesus. That's not right. So then he tries to clarify it to us, so we know what what he's talking about. He says, look, the acts of the flesh, the sinful things, these are obvious. Of course, I read this and I go, obvious to whom? Because we live in a world today, I promise you, this stuff is not obvious. It's supposed to be obvious. But we live in such a polluted, sin-drenched culture today that this stuff is just not obvious to people. And I'm talking about Christians. And listen, I'm not one of these people who get mad about what people who aren't Christians do. They're non-Christians. They do what they're going to do. I'm surprised they can function at all in life. That's not my focus. My focus is talking to people of faith. What fries my Puerto Rican pancakes is when Christians become oblivious to what's truly right and wrong in their lives. That I don't understand. So he starts to tell us what's supposed to be obvious. And he starts, the first three have to do with sexual morality. First of all, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, which means extreme indulgence in sensuality. Now he says this is obvious, but it's not obvious to millions and millions of people who claim to be Christians, much less the pagan culture in which we live. They don't think there's anything wrong with anything. There's no lines you can cross. It's a big deal. I can lie and cheat on my wife. Eh, That's no big deal. I can have sex with my boyfriend. Ah, That's no big deal. (laughs) Immorality. Out of control. Something that should be obvious. But yet millions of people of faith today are like dumb as bricks. And we wonder why our lives are so unblessed, miserable, struggling. Why does God answer my prayer? Because we are so far from God in the way that we act. People who commit adultery today, I'm talking Christians who think nothing of it. Well, we love each other. We didn't mean for it to happen. We just fell in love. Fell in love. You don't fall in love. You fall in a toilet. (laughs) Immorality. Stuff that should be obvious, but people today are clueless. And listen to me, particularly you single people, you young ones. Uh, And it applies to others as well who've never learned this lesson. You have got to learn to say no to your desires. If you don't learn to say no to your desires, your desires will destroy your life. Because if you don't learn to say no now, when exactly do you think you're going to? to say no because make no mistake it doesn't change see a lot of you think well once we get married it'll change 
It doesn't change. You keep doing the same things you couldn't say no to before. You keep doing it after you put on the ring. That's why there's so much immorality. So many people unfaithful to each other. Why? They never learned to say no. Look at some of the greatest people in our country today that are celebrated, that we all look up to. And look at their lives falling apart. You got Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is now in divorce because he couldn't say no to his nanny. Why would he do something so stupid? Because he never learned to say no. You got Tiger Woods. Guy's got the world by the tail. On top of the world. And the dude's married to a Swedish supermodel. And he can't say no. Dude, you could be married to a Swedish super babe. Oh, yeah, that'll change everything. Doesn't change anything. If you don't learn to say no. You got Congressman Anthony Weiner. (laughs) Taking pictures of his wiener. (laughs) Losing everything. The guy just got married a year ago. What does that tell you? It doesn't change anything. You've got to, at some point in your life, and I don't care if you're married and you've been messing around, you're in porn and all this other at some point in your life, you're going to have to learn the lesson. You've got to say no. Better you teach that and learn that as a young person. You young people don't go on dates and pawn all over each other and all that nonsense. Stop it. Well, what do we do? You know, I was in Africa. This young couple comes up to me and says, how far can we go? And you can turn around and go home. How far is enough? Nothing. You want to have sex? Get married. Oh, we don't want to get married. Well, then quit dating. Come on, either you want to get married or you don't. Not that you have to marry the first person you date, but for heaven's sakes. This is nonsense. This is foolish in-between dating nonsense. For years. For years. Good grief. I tell people, man... Ladies, if that guy dates you for a year, and in a year you don't get a ring, you kick his butt to the curb. Straight up. One year, make a decision. Be a man. Grow a pair, for heaven's sakes. I've had it with these men. It's nothing but a bunch of boys. Still acting like they're 16 and 35 years of age. Dating for eight years. You're going to get married? Oh, I don't know we're thinking about it. <laughs> Honestly. Ah, stuff drives me crazy. It's a short drive for me. <laughs> I could talk for an hour and a half just on that. Should be obvious, but not very. By the way, you parents, teach your kids to say no. You don't need to give them everything they want. They need to learn to say no. They will not die if they don't get the next $300 pair of tennis shoes. They will not die if they don't get the latest, greatest water. Just teach them. Now, you can give them some things. It's fine. But teach them to say no. Or you're going to be raising the next Tiger Woods. Arnold Schwarzenegger, these other guys. Now, those guys, at least they got lots of money. I'm telling you, we hear about these famous guys, but make no mistake, these are just the ones who got caught. 
This is going on everywhere. And then there's hundreds of millions of people who live just like this that nobody cares about because they're not famous. But they still get the same result. Their lives are a disaster. That what you want for your little girl? That what you want for your little boy? You need to learn to teach them. No! You will not die. You'll think you're going to die. But you're not going to die. That's just the first three. Then we've got idolatry. You know, we don't. That's when you worship things and get all more excited about things than God. We're so into that with movie stars and music people. You know, Justin Bieber. <laughs> we don't have a problem with idolatry. In fact, we can't wait to find out who's going to be the next American idol. I, uh, I watch the show, you know. I, just, I enjoy the talent. I don't worship these idiots. Actually, I just watched the first part of the show. So I, I just like the, what do you call those, auditions at the beginning? That's highly entertaining to me. <laughs> These people who cannot sing to save their lives. And then they get voted off and they get mad. <laughs> Seriously? Well, my friends say I can sing. You need new friends, man. Because <laughs> you are bad. They're not helping you. Witchcraft, getting into the occult and all kinds of... Oh, it's no big deal, no big deal. See, these are supposed to be obvious. Hatred, hatred. Surely that should be obvious. But no, sadly it's not. There's Christians who hate people. There's people sitting here right now. There's people you hate. You hate them. Are you insane? You're supposed to be a Christian. You stood up, you said... Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Well, you're in trouble because you're not forgiving those who trespass against you. And God said, well, you didn't forgive them. I can forgive you. Hating people. Look, I know there's a lot of big fat jerks out there and people hurt you and stuff, but you need to move on. There's no business hating anybody. Some lady shouldn't come to our church anymore so I can talk about her. Just praising the Lord on the front row. Tells me in my office, I hate my husband. You hate your husband? Yes. I wish he died and go to hell. Seriously? Why do you hate him? Because he said I was fat. I thought, well, you are a little, you know. But uh, (laughs) but I didn't say that because I didn't want to go to hell. You know what I'm saying? Now, how stupid is her husband? You idiot. Don't tell your wife she's fat. The answer all the time is, you're beautiful, baby. All the time. So, well, aren't I a little large? All the more to love, baby. I love you, baby. That's what you say. But even if you're married to an idiot who tells you you're fat, you don't hate them. You don't hate anybody. It's no business of a Christian. You have no right to hate anybody. I don't care what they've done to you. You've got to forgive people. This is supposed to be obvious. Discord, fighting. <laughs> Christian, some of the nicest people sitting there right now. You seem so sweet till we get you home. <laughs> just mean as rattlesnakes to each other. Stop that. Pastor, I just have to be honest with how I feel. No. No, no. The dumbest thing we've learned about relationships, because we listen to idiots with PhDs who tell us, you know, you have to be honest with how you feel. No. <laughs> Me and the redhead have been married for almost 40 years. 
People say, how have you been married for so long? We're not honest with how we feel. (laughs) No, 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 no. Your mama was right. If you don't have something good to say, don't say it. Jealousy. I wish I had. It's not fair those guys have stuff I don't have. And watch these ignorant politicians going around trying to get everybody mad at each other. The haves and the have not. The rich have too much. Stop that. It's none of your business. Fits of rage. Fits of rage. Ah! I can't help it, Pastor. I'm German. Ah! I don't care if you're from Mars. Control yourself. It's supposed to be obvious. I can't help it. I can't help. Yes, you can. You choose not to. Selfish ambition. We celebrate that. Dissensions, factions. That's one group fights against another group. And we had that nonsense in the church here a couple of years back. Thank God that's all gone. You know, the choir group over here, and we had the youth group group over here, and we had the you know children's group over here. You know, I, I don't like this group, and I don't have to listen to you. Honestly, supposed, 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 it's supposed to be obvious. Christians going around, they're fighting in the church. Different groups. No more of that nonsense going on. I'm not going to put up with that kind of stuff. Envies, like jealousy. Drunkenness. Christians, Christians getting plastered out of each other's brains. Don't be doing that. It's supposed to be obvious. What is that noise? <laughs> Pastor knocks himself out. <laughs> I don't think that is. Is it me? It is me? I don't know. What do I know? I'm almost done. Orgies. At least that. That's one everybody can agree on. That's bad. At least today. See, how are we doing five years from now? There's 15 things here he lists that he says are obvious. Of the 15, there's about one or two that's really obvious. The rest we're completely clueless about today. Certainly out in the world. But even in the church. I mean, this is, this is, this is nuts. And he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not. Everybody say, not. Pastor, why are you making such a big deal out of this? Because those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You think you're going to get in just because you listen to Pastor Mark. And then you do all these things? You are deceiving yourselves, people. We can't do this. This is not optional for us. People who live like this don't get in. But the fruit of the Spirit, he says, love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, which means controlling yourself. How do I get to that, Pastor? By intentionally walking in the Spirit. Doing Christianity intentionally. Those things don't happen because I yell at you. I can't yell this into you. I can't even yell the other one out of you. The truth of the matter is, is if you're not going to really seek after God in your life, you are going to do list number one in one way, shape, or form. I can't yell. I'd like to yell at you, but I, if that would do it, I'd yell louder. 
But I got yelled and I'm blue in the face. Not going to change anything. If you're not going to intentionally walk after God. This weekend we're talking about freedom. You have to understand freedom is never free. We enjoy what we enjoy in America today because of men and women who pay the ultimate price. And continue to serve our nation. We continue to enjoy our freedom because we're intentional. Protect our freedoms. And you need to be intentional. Protect the freedoms in America. Don't be these people who sit there and don't do anything. And you never vote. And you never know what's going on. Shame on you. You need to get involved. You need to know what's going on. You need to have a voice. Because freedom is not free. And I promise that people will try and take away your freedoms. But more importantly than political freedom. Spiritual freedom. This too is not free. Jesus paid a great price for our freedom, spiritually speaking. Just like men and women paid of their lives for our political freedoms. But just like in political, you'll lose your freedom if you're not careful. Despite the price that was paid. The same is true spiritually. Though Jesus paid a price you and I could never pay. We've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Son of God. That will mean little if we're not diligent to intentionally put God first in our lives. Because when you intentionally put God first in your life, these things that you can't control, love, joy, peace, will come automatically. Just like when you don't do it, all this ickiness happens automatically. The answer is to be intentional about our faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. For your kindness to us, your blessings. Thank you for the price that others have paid so we can enjoy the liberties we do in this great country. Help us as Christian citizens to be engaged citizens so that we can guard our freedoms. Be intentional about what we have. Not to take for granted what we have. Thank you for the young men and women who continue to serve in our nation. To provide for our freedoms. Bless them and their families. Particularly... Those of our congregation, Lord, who are right now overseas serving our, our nation. We pray for them. You bless them and you protect them. But Lord, help us not to take our spiritual liberties for granted. We thank you that Jesus died. We thank you that you gave of your very self for us. But help us to be diligent, to be careful, to help us to be intentional. So that we can walk more in the spirit of God and have that result instead of walking in the flesh and have a very poisonous and destructive result. Help us, Lord, to walk as free believers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I'm going to invite our ushers if they would come and the worship team as they return back on stage as we move into a time of our service of joining together in communion this morning. Tomorrow, we celebrate a birthday, the birthday of our nation. And by the way, when you are celebrating tomorrow, let me encourage you to be responsible. Whether you are at home with family and friends and enjoying it there, whether maybe you're here in Green Bay or at a parade or whatever you're doing tomorrow, be careful. Uh, continue to let the light of God shine through your life and touch people's lives uh, as you celebrate the, this birthday, and this, this, this holiday. We want to encourage you to do that. But it's a birthday tomorrow. How many of you know that every one of us in this room this morning 
have another birthday. The birthday, the date, the time that we entered into this world and we celebrate that birthday. Everybody can remember that date, that time very clearly. There are many here this morning that have another birthday. It's the date and time where you became, you were born again. Born again. Now some of you may remember exactly when that was. What took place and when you prayed that prayer or you responded God. You had that encounter, that supernatural encounter with God that began your walk with Him. Some of you may not be too sure of exactly a date and time. That's all right. But the truth is, is that we can celebrate this birthday as well. The birthday, as the scripture says, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. In a moment, I'm going to encourage us all to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer after me. If you're praying that prayer for the very first time, entering into this relationship with God, this supernatural encounter with God, starting that process, that place, in your relationship with God. Creating today, maybe. For some, today will become a date that you'll always remember, a birthday. Wouldn't be a special thing to have a birthday, a spiritual birthday, on a weekend like we were celebrating this weekend as well. Always exciting. So I'm going to invite you this morning, if you wouldn't mind, if you would just bow your heads with me. And I'm going to invite all of us to just pray this prayer, just repeat this prayer after me. Again, if you're praying it from your heart, if you're meaning it from your heart, maybe you've prayed this prayer many, many times. Maybe you do it every single Sunday. But maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, God, I want to reach out. I need you. I, I want to be set free. We're celebrating freedom. Pastor Marcus talked very clearly and pointedly about freedom. But we need to be set free from the hold of sin in our lives. We need to be washed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, what we will celebrate when we partake of communion in just a few moments. So with your heads bowed, would you repeat these words after me this morning? Dear Lord Jesus, something in my heart tells me I need you. I now confess my sin and repent of my sin. And by faith, ask you to come into my life as my Savior and my Lord. Let this be a birthday for me. Amen.